Recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with Coach Renee Dreyfus and Matt Peters. Bring the bell and let's get it on. I'm in a different chair. It's hard to... All right, there we go. Welcome back to the Martial Culture Podcast. Uh, Matt Peters and Coach Renee back again. Hey, everybody. Renee, uh, our podcast is now of legal age. Uh, we are hit 18 episodes. 18. But we still can't um, uh, We can't buy alcohol. No. Well, soon. <laughs> this will be 19. This is Depends 19. state. No, is it, is it uh, 21 all across the United States? Or is it just New York? Yeah, all, U- okay. all U.S. We have to go to yeah. Canada but to get alcohol. we could go alcohol. to war. We could, we could go to war and die for our country. We could. Our podcast could die for our country. We might have to soon. Yeah, with the uh, well, let's yeah, not get yeah, in. We're yeah, a par- martial arts podcast. Yeah. We're not politics. Um, how are you? Me, I'm great, and I would like to. You, you see this um, wonderful gentleman. You can't next miss to me. him. You can't, can't miss him. Fills the room. He's, All right. He's uh, so swole. Swole. <laughs> swole nation. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Dr. Steven Sundaraj. Uh, listeners, um, I have the pleasure of meeting him uh, a couple years ago. Uh, he became my student, and I realized what a phenomenal. Absolutely unbelievable physical therapist he was, and uh, he's uh, worked with so many uh, amazing athletes. And then we kind of had a synergy, and now he keeps my fight team um, uh, as healthy as it could be and uh, also has his wonderful practice. And uh, just want to leave the mic to him and you know, uh, introduce, him, introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, thanks for having me, Renee. I appreciate uh, the kind words you gave me. All true. Um, all true. All true, yeah. So um, – I became a physical therapist in 2011, graduated from LIU, and was hired uh, by Tim Stump, and worked under him for a number of years. And, for uh, those of you who don't know, Tim Stump is also is pretty well known in the, the rehabilitation correct. field in New York, right? Yep, yeah. and I uh, ended up branching off on my own, and we met, and yeah. that's basically it. And it's I kismet. My, it's kismet. That's it. <laughs> I, got my, I got my practice out of Radical, so. Yeah, it's, oh, it's fantastic. fantastic. Some people um, uh, might have seen Liam McGreary, who was a, a Bell, at one point Bellator a 205 champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, Dr. Stunderaj works with him personally to get him ready for his fights and also to heal up his various injuries. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy opportunity. So his, he was working out at Henzo's, and one of his instructors grew up with Stump, and he had a meniscectomy, he got his knee scoped, and um, he was getting rehab at a place where they weren't really challenging him. They just put him on top of a, right, right. a blue foam, and he's like, listen, I'm a pro fighter. What are you, what are you doing right, right now? He complained to, the, to Stump's friend. He called Stump. Stump's like, okay, you know, I got a guy for you. I'm not training anyone anymore, but he's, he's a good fit. So that was a great opportunity. I became his uh, therapist and his strength and conditioning coach as well. Yeah, and uh, Steve, you do have a background in wrestling as well. You wrestled in high school? I wrestled in high school. Yeah. Probably uh, spent more time on my back than I'd like to admit. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was awesome because I fell in love with weight training. Mm-hmm. I realized, hey, listen, if I lift weights, I get beat up less. So it was a... <laughs> It was a pretty easy connection to make, and I, you know, I found a passion in, in weight training that way. What What I really appreciate about you is very different because I, I went through physical therapy with a number of physical therapists. Some are really amazing, but um, what I really appreciate about you is that you can understand the unique needs of of martial artists and 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 how how they approach physical therapy. One, I think we have different injuries, so you know, we you know, there's certain ways you get a kimura done on your shoulder, probably it's going to tear a different way than if you, you know, are a football guy. I mean, obviously there's a, a crossover, right. but there, there, there are different types of injuries, um, and, and you, you're familiar with them. But also, you know, the, a fighter, um, you know, I remember I remember I had a physical therapist who said, does this hurt? And I'm like, what do you mean hurt? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I hurt all the time. Yeah. <laughs> when do I not hurt? Yeah, right. And, and, and I, honestly, my threshold for like – you know, like they're like, what do you feel here? And I'm like, I can't really discuss this with you. You don't understand my world. My world is like, like one, two, three, four, five, six level of pain doesn't re- register as pain. It right. just registers as background as, as norm. Yeah. So I don't. I, you're talking to me like a civilian, and I'm a. I, you don't understand my world, right. but you understand that world. 
and you can you can converse and you understand also what our needs are right. to to get back on uh, you know the mat for you know treat us like uh, you know like uh, wallflowers. So. Right. You know what's uh, what's helpful was that I did wrestle and I did I did lift weights and I continue to lift weights and that's a big difference because you wouldn't want to go to somebody who doesn't know how to weight train or mm. doesn't know how to do it conditioning, themselves right, conditioning right, right, right. themselves. You never heard of a, a virgin sex expert, right? It's like. <laughs> It's like you know you want to go to a shaman who knows how to get after it, right? So it's like, so like like that. I'm not saying you know, like that. You want to you want to find somebody who walks the walk, you know, talks the talk, right, more right. or less. And I was able to bridge that gap a lot using uh, Stump's uh, um, method, Stump and Panarello's method of training uh, and rehabbing uh, patients. Well, what we used was uh, he what what they did was they did something pretty unique. They took Al Vermeil's, uh, what is it, Al Vermeil's hierarchy of athletic development, and they modified it so it was more rehab-friendly. So Al Vermeil's a world-renowned Hall of Fame strength coach. Uh, he trained guys in the NFL and NBA, and they took his model and made it so I could apply it to, to patients. And I followed that model to the T, and it's never steered me wrong. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I know there's a few different theories. I, I'm definitely not really knowledgeable on this, but there's a different takes on, on, on training. And I know Speed of Sport out in California, mm-hmm. they've had a lot of success with the, with the training that's based more on Russian yeah. uh, styles of training. For sure. I, 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 you know, I really don't know a lot about it, but I, I can see the results. I remember um, uh, Dos Anjos, the 155-pound mm-hmm. fighter, before he worked with Speed of Sport and after he worked with Speed of Sport, it was a completely different fighter. Mm-hmm. Not only is he does he move better, but he's getting injured less. Mm-hmm. And he he you know he he's just he's a much better fighter. He can he can do what he needs to do better. So there's this. I mean, I I don't believe in in, in especially beginners. I don't believe in like crazy weight training because right. I think it interferes with technique. But at the same time, you need to develop <clears throat> your body as a machine Correct. to work properly. And at some point, you need to you need to make it. A Rolls Royce, uh, not a Rolls Royce, uh, a Ferrari, right? You know, like it shows you where my head is. That's like right. Yeah. Yeah. You need to make it into a Ferrari, and you have to put the work in because, okay, you're the driver. You have all this knowledge of how to make the turns, but if the Ferrari is not performing Correct. the way it should, it's you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna be there. So there's that melding of technique and physical attributes that has to come together. Correct. But, you know, um, it's 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 a it's a tough balance because I'll tell you personally, and you know, I'm I'm not. I'm a little anti-weight training sometimes. No, I'm really not. But but what I see is I see people get on the, the, the weight bench and do the worst form they've ever mm-hmm. seen with the highest weight, you know, like kind of CrossFit style. Then, you know, three months later, they're like, why, have, why do I have two ruptured discs? And then they can't – they don't train. You know, one of the fighters that is an epitome of that, and I love him to death, but is Cain Velasquez. Have you ever seen Cain Velasquez's weight training? No. It's caveman barbarian. That's great. You know, he puts <laughs> he puts um like eight hundred pounds on the the this one the leg thing uh-huh. and just kicks as fast as he can. Yeah. That's, you know the, that's what's that, what's the, what's that leg knee thing extension? called? The, uh, knee extension. Yeah. yeah. It just kicks as fast as he can and explodes. With, and I'm like, it's I don't hot, know. Right? And, yeah. You know, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I go to Planet Fitness and I'm all wrong. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about training. And I'm looking. I'm like, that is terrible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and he, he's injured. You know, all the time. Right. He's injuring himself. So he's not even coming to practice right. healthy because he's so stupid in the weight gym. But which is why, I, I mean, as, as uh, Dr. Sundarad said, you know, we, we have a synergy now between Radical and his practice. It's great having you and some of the other trainers there because they can watch some of the people do the training and say, your form is terrible. Stop. And, and, and it keeps you healthy uh, versus, you know, most people, I think what they do is they go on YouTube they, you know, see a, a Bulgarian lift mm-hmm. and like, I could do that, bop, and they have no training and then just destroy themselves. Right. I mean, there's a lot of prerequisite uh, motions and even uh, strength that you need to before you even do something that's complex, as, right, right. Uh, like a clean and jerk or something. And so, like you had mentioned before, you know, if you want a Ferrari, you don't want a Ferrari engine on a Volkswagen Beetle chassis. You know, you got to build everything. <laughs> can at the can same I interrupt? Time. Though? Yeah. You know, there's a racing league like that in Czechoslovakia where they take uh, key, uh, is it Kias? There's or hunt, this tiny little Korean cars, okay. and they put like supercharged That's engines great. on them, and it, it's it's crazy. It's insane. But well, <laughs> maybe you don't want to. No, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> but it's, you just remind me, like sometimes actually yeah. a race like that, and it's like it's like a dirt roller, like a derby where they they can actually hit each other too. So it's 
it's hilarious. It's like that. It's like Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, a bit. yeah, like like Mad Max. Like mm-hmm. Mad Max. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a great opportunity to work with uh, the trainers at Radical and the students there. Uh, going back to what you had said before, I, I would say you'd see a lot of injuries that are that are the same across the board. But what is interesting is you're. For MMA, jiu-jitsu, you're putting your body in a situation where it's chaos, right? So actual weightlifting stats, injury rates are very, very low. It's really low. But when you compare it to actually playing football or soccer, it's not even close. So the difference is is if you have a, a good coach or a good therapist yeah. watching you train, it's in a vacuum. You're pushing the bar up. You're doing a squat, whatever the case is. So when you're down wrestling or doing it's it's like chaos you yeah know? of course so you know your knee is going to go different places here and there and so the the biggest thing i've noticed is people who get injured don't even have the prerequisite normal range of motion so if you're lacking external rotation and so i'm going to put you in a kimura or you know americana right. it could affect your shoulders of course, of course. you yeah. can't go I, I i agree with you but you know i've seen I agree with you. You're right. I mean, obviously, there's nothing more dangerous than MMA. <laughs> it's right. a fact. Yeah. Because you're in combat. Lifting something up and putting it down is not as dangerous as fighting another person. Right. But at the same time, you know, I've seen so many, like, crazy CrossFit videos. Oh, for sure. You know, Insane and, and, and what I say is, is the hybrid between the two. So, obviously, if you just sit in your backyard Correct. and you bench press, you're probably going to be okay. But when you bench press like that, mm-hmm. terrible. And then you come into the gym, mm-hmm. you, you've kind of trained incorrectly, you're super stiff or you're, you, you damage some, some thing from poor training. Then you try to do MMA, you're starting three steps back. Correct. You know, you know what I'm saying? Totally right, right, right. So you see, I mean, even, you know, I won't say names because obviously personal um, and medical history is private, but we, you know, I know you work with some of my fighters and they, they trained incorrectly. So when they joined Radical, they, they, they were going to get hurt. Correct. So I had to give them to you to, to show them how to undo the damage they did, and then we put them back on the mat. And and I'm really appreciative for that. But I knew, I knew, you know, um, I'm looking at this person. I'm like, it's just a matter of time before he injures himself. And I'd say to him before, before I'd say, you have to not, you should put the weights away maybe and do some more yoga or stretching or this and that. And they don't listen, they don't listen, and then bop, and then they send me to you, and then, and then they listen to and you. And then they listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know it, it's 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 hard to uh, to tell people that you know something that they've done all their life is maybe not appropriate for what they're right. you know it's you know I think if you explain it in a certain way yeah my delivery is usually pretty harsh maybe maybe not <laughs> not the best <laughs> not the best I'm like I, I just cut to the chase I'm the I'm like you suck <laughs> <laughs> as he walked in here ten minutes ago and just made fun of me. Yeah. I, of course, I, I always we, he goes that. right to it. Right to get to the point. <laughs> he gets to it. It's, it's good. That's me. I'm just I'm oh, just yeah. right to the point. You know, it's funny. It's, I, I always say, I met my wife, and uh, about ten seconds I met her, I'm like, I'm gonna marry her. That's just like my personality. Yeah. You know, it's like boom. You know, yeah, like yeah. I'm just like that. It's like on off, no in between. Boom. Yeah. Oh, your technique sucks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and it's a hard pill for someone. So you know, if I've offended anyone out there, I no, I don't apologize. <laughs> That's a common regular moment. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> it's just you know, it's like I I believe we live in a world where we we are surrounded by ersatz. We're surrounded by fakeness, by by um, posturing, and people who say they're some sort of expert in something and they're not. There's there's you know we're delved on politics slightly. Obviously, we could go to that world. Um, but on the mat is truth, unvarnished, absolute truth. And you have to accept that truth. And if you can't, you should not be there. And I accept when I screw up, and I'm okay with that. And I have to just use that as data to go back. And that was how I was brought up in Japan. And I love – I actually love that because it's like it's no no bullshit zone, mm-hmm. just no right. bullshit. You suck. Fix it. Okay, in two weeks, you'll be better. That's it. You right. know, like it's a hard pill. But to me – Absolute truth is so valuable, and you know. But that's, I guess, just where I come from. That's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. one way to do it. That's one way to do it, right? <laughs> but that's the Japanese way. That's you know, like the, that's yeah. the Japanese way. That's the the culture I grew up in, and and uh, you know, when uh, when I was when I was training in Japan, that's everybody was like that. Right, I did hundred percent. It just isn't any other way in a, in a real academy. It's like, you know, they they could say a little nicer, they could say a little meaner. 
usually meaner, much meaner. Like mm-hmm. you don't even know. Right. <laughs> and it usually accompanies a stick that hits you. Yeah, I've seen videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a like a bamboo stick. Right. You know. And uh, my old teacher, Hirata Sensei, used to walk around with this cane, like little Yoda thing. But the cane was not to help him walk. It was to point out. Your arm is in the wrong place. Your arm is and it's jabbing. He's jabbing with this cane. This hurts so much. No, but uh, but um, I actually speaking of weight training. When I was in Japan, I I did weight train the only time in my life with someone who was completely. I don't want to say, you know, who it was or whatever because he's still around. But um, he was weight training for certain um, athletes who were on the world stage, and he trained me, and um, you know, I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. I just I just absolutely felt terrible. Um, he was not a martial artist himself, right. but, but obviously the, the knowledge of, of efficient condi- strength conditioning was just not there in, 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 in Japan at that time. Um, and the training just made me made me go back to the judo mats and get injured. Right. And I still have this, you know, the shoulder problem here from that time. I was doing an osotogari throw, and uh, and I and I never, I just, I couldn't move in a direction that I could move three weeks before. Right. And uh, so that's kind of like my personal background. Obviously, it's not scientific; it's very subjective. But I've seen it with other people where they 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 approach so incorrectly. So I would say, that what would what would your take be on for? Two, let's talk about three levels of athlete. The amateur athlete who's just getting started in his career. Mm-hmm. The the athlete who's been in, in the martial arts with jiu-jitsu or MMA or, or whatever um, for a little bit of time and looks to take it to the next level to add strength and conditioning to the program. And then also the person who's going to pro. How would you approach those three stages of athletic uh, preparation or, or conditioning? That's a great question. Yeah. So let's say <coughs> we'll, we'll, take, we'll take the first example, right? <clears throat> Someone just coming off the street wanting to get – get into jiu-jitsu or, or um, you know, combat MMA. sports, yeah. MMA, right? So I'd definitely assess whether or not they even worked out in the first place. You know, you want to make sure they have some level of conditioning somewhere. And if they don't, great. Then I would adjust practice accordingly to them because they won't they won't even know what soreness feels like, right? right? right, right. And so I would gradually ease the level of intensity in the practice and put them on a basic weight training program. Like, would you start with body weight first, or no? I would go right to maybe some just light dumbbell work. Uh, keep it two, three days a week, some upper body, lower body, and gradually progress those weights a little bit higher. Keep it two to three days of weights, and keep two, three days practice. I think that's and then make it so it's not more than twenty, thirty minutes of training for weights at least. You know, right, right and right. definitely make sure they are stretching and doing yoga and all that stuff. Yeah. Then we get the middle person who's already who's been in the grind already and are looking to more or less step up their game a little bit i would definitely do a brief assessment on where the numbers are at uh, in terms of squat bench press deadlift and i would see where they're limited in whether it's a hip issue or knee issue or ankle issue i'll give them a, a full physical assessment and i would cut a program according to them and at the end of the day what goes through for all three of them is volume control volume kills everybody so if you're already in the middle of it and you want to get to the next level sometimes doing less is more Mm. You know, maybe not lifting weights is probably your answer. Maybe stretching more is. Or you want to analyze your training program. Let's say you're going to wrestling practice Tuesday, Thursday, p.m. and striking in the morning. Maybe those two things shouldn't really be going together. Maybe you should be wrestling on a separate day alone. Right, right, right. That's what I would do. And then if you have a pro athlete, you know, it's a- okay, Before you go to the pro, um, and one thing I find with those middle-level athletes is the lack, especially in the jiu-jitsu world, funny enough, except for the 10th Planet guys, but they don't stretch. Mm-hmm. Nobody stretches. Right. And, and how would you approach the stretching uh, for that middle-level athlete yeah. or any athlete in general? I would approach it like – Post-workout, right? Mostly it depends. When you're warmed up or – Yeah, there's no – the research doesn't show before or after. What I, what I would say is you'd want to get a dynamic warm-up in the beginning. Right, right, right. And then you could do static stretches at the end. Now, stretching muscles is not really what it, what we all thought it was. It's actually joint mobility is a bigger issue. So as long as your joints are mobile, then the muscles should more or less be the same uh, flexibility, the same level of flexibility, right? So the best thing for them to do is if they could get on a foam roller, there's plenty of things on YouTube they could use, and they could – foam roll their bodies or get a, um, a lacrosse ball. Right. I think Kelly Starrett's got a bunch of stuff on there with um, – Kelly Starrett, is that uh... – Yeah, he's a therapist. And oh, right. And he a, 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 I'm like he's a, got a I'm bunch of site. videos up. Okay, yeah, they're pretty useful. 
and um, Kelly Star Starrett. Starrett. Yeah, he's okay. got a bunch of stuff on there. Um, pretty pretty useful information, and um, maybe do yoga. Yeah, you know, definitely get them to on a regimen of two three times a week of just mobility work. Right. Uh, before before training and after too. Yeah. No, I I um with my fight team. I, you haven't seen the fight team practice in the morning, but we start thirty minutes. Or not even usually bad. Actually, it's less depending on how much time we have, right? And mm-hmm. how when when people are late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tardiness. Tardiness is not acceptable. G. No. Anyway, did I say his name? <laughs> um, but uh, we start with what we call um, gymnastica natural, which is a, a program of of mobility and stretching uh-huh. at, that that's developed for jiu-jitsu fighters. And based on the movements of jiu-jitsu, but also based on, you know, kind of yoga as well. Right. Um, it's met, developed by a guy named Master uh, Alvaro. And Mariko's actually certified in it, um, okay. my, my wife. But uh, but we start with that kind of movement. And also, um, um, kind of like I find that, uh, that the way you move, you have to understand what, um, like, efficient movement. Mm-hmm. And so what I try to do is take efficient movements – movement types and turn them into like slightly stretching drills and yeah. movement drills and that's how we warm up for about 20 minutes each each fight training yeah and uh, so we can increase the joint mobility increase the coordination um i find that personally the most in most injuries that i've seen not saying most injuries but most we're used to someone who lacks not just um, m- the musculature but also the proprioception uh, not understanding when their knee is in danger right They're, they move awkwardly they don't move efficiently, and then they then the muscle air isn't to, there to protect right. it either. But but if we can make sure that they their movement is efficient, effective, and safe, then the the structure the the muscle behind it is less less critical. Of course, you want right. that. But but you're saying why why not why put your knee in an exposed position right. when you could learn to move your knee uh, safely? Mm-hmm. And usually, the safe movements for fighting are also the ones that are most efficient and effective right. to, to counterattack. So I, I'm really focusing on how to move properly and turn those into like kind of stretching hip mobility drills right. as well. So um, yeah, No, yeah, I, I yeah. agree that that's definitely, yeah. it's definitely good. It's, it, it'd be also helpful if it'd be specific to the person. Right. So, uh, you, you know, if somebody has tight hips, maybe they shouldn't be doing something else for their shoulder. They should actually just be spending the 15 minutes for hip mobility. Hip mobility. And how, also, do you, how do you determine um, what, if, if, if they weren't with you, if it was a listener um, saying, well, how do I determine what my problem areas are in that mid, mid-range fighter? Yeah, it'd, no. be, it'd, be, it'd be tough. I mean, yeah. you really need to <laughs> consult the therapist. Consult but I, I'll tell you one thing. If you can't squat all the way down, that's all like a red flag. You should be able to go ask the grass if you had to go in the woods. If you cannot get in that spot, then there's a problem somewhere. Can can I tell you something totally that's really interesting because you know Japanese mm-hmm. uh, have squat had squat toilets for a long time yep. and they sit like that a lot. Yep. So uh, not this generation, the younger generation, but the generation before when I lived in Japan, mm-hmm. there is a they're incredibly lower body flexible right. because they squat so much on you know like if they were at a rice paddy or just go to the bathroom. Right. I remember the first time I squatted on a Japanese toilet, which is in the ground. Uh-huh. I was like, this is the most uncomfortable thing You're I've ever. not going to last yeah. too long. <laughs> yeah, like, this is terrible. And then, like, years later, I'm like, wow, you know, this actually, my hips just feel better. Right. It's funny how, like, your lifestyle, um, the Japanese lifestyle of living on the floor right. and squatting on the floor had led to just a, a healthier, you know, Hip hip thing. They they never get like yeah, lower low back, back pain. pain right. you know, things like Same that. Same deal. A yeah, lot of yeah, Asian yeah. countries, uh, it's cultural to be yeah. spend a lot of time at the bottom. You know, just doing work. I remember watching my grandma squat all the way down, and she's cutting up onions. Like she right. want to sit at a table. Well, this is here in New York. I'm uh, in, in India, India right? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's, part, it's it's cultural too. So so going back to what you said, I would definitely check if you could at least squat all the way down. And when you lift your arms up to the air, just see if you can even lift your arms straight up. And I mean, that's I'm giving such like a generic way to to test your range of motion, but more or less is like two things you could you could see if you're able to do it. Mm-hmm. Another thing too, if you can go actually learn how to squat outside of the mat, and you'll know where your knee is supposed to be in a vacuum. Like if, for instance, if you're going to squat, you want you want your feet and knee in a certain position, and if you can't even do that upstairs, there's no way you're going to do that like upstairs as in you know yeah. um, at radical. Right, right, like, right. If you can't even do that. 
alone. Off the mat. Off yeah. the mat. There's no way you're going to do it on the mat. Right, right, right. So w- once you start to learn basic movements, proper form, then it's easy to transition to, to stuff to higher level skill. Yeah. Um, I, I find that in the jiu-jitsu world, um, the, uh, the abuse of your body is um, is not apparent until it's apparent. Right. You know, like you don't realize how badly you're messing your body up until it just goes. Right. I've seen so many guys at the blue-purple belt level, which is, you know, kind of intermediate level. They want to take it to the next level, but they have never stretched. They trained improperly, and then they're now they're starting to, to, to train five, six times a week mm-hmm. and really putting the grind in because they want to be a go to the Worlds or champion or they want to go to MMA, and they and they just really putting the grind, to, like you said, doubling up striking and wrestling the same day or this or that, and then they just they just break. And um, and they overtrain too. Right. So uh, overtrain, don't stretch, not aware of of what's scientific and what right. they need and what their own personal needs are in right. terms of like you said, like okay, if you have a lower back, it's your shoulders or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's dead on that that you have to have that personal assessment. You and have also, to. It has to be very specific to the person and see what your body is capable of, even if you've been in the game for a while. Right. Like you, you may not be able to do four hour practices right. straight. You know, you're just right. not maybe not at that zone yet. Yeah, and that that's kind of easy transition to go up to the pro fighter, right? So, I was listening to uh, Pat Militech on Miltich. Rogan. Yeah, Miltich, Miltich, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, Pat Militech on Rogan, and he he had said, you know, it's hard. I forgot exactly how he worded it, but it's you don't become a race car driver by driving on the highway. All right, you have to go hard and practice to know what it's like on, on yeah. in a match, Absolutely. right? So you have almost, and I, there's no way for me to find out, but there is a buffer of, of putting yourself through that for you to collect the data and to be comfortable in, the, in that type of speed for a little bit. And then once you learn it, I would say you should stop having those gym wars, you know, those practice wars. Like you shouldn't be going all out right. during, uh, if you have a fight camp coming up, don't go all out during practice. You already know how to fight, yeah, more absolutely. or less, right? Particular issue of brain trauma. I Correct. Mean, that, that, yeah. that is, uh, that, and this is, while I respect Pat Milicic tremendously, right. his academy was known as a war zone. <laughs> the minute you walk in, there are many stories of people would walk in, like pro fighters would walk in, and they'd leave, they'd sit outside crying mm-hmm. after their first training. Then. And many of those fighters are just be damaged beyond repair. Right. And, and, and neurologically. Right. Uh, not just, not just uh, I mean, you know, if I break my arm, it'll heal. But if I destroy my brain that that's that I have to live with that the rest of my right. life that's that uh, understanding yeah you want to you want to be you want to be in in the fighter zone but at the same time train uh, sustainably and intelligently right train smart train smart and and we were talking about this on the on the other podcast with Nate like sometimes that it's it's the challenge between being scientific and then being spartan right and once in a while you got to you got to go throw the science out the window and be a Spartan, but if you do that all the time, your body's going to d- die. But so I'll just shut up because I, I no, you're no, really no. the expert. But no, no, of course. You know, go go back to that like that that balance of like okay, sometimes you want to go on the racetrack, but then sometimes you yeah. Wanna... So I, you know, if you're a pro fighter, just I would just be careful on how hard you push practice. You know, you're 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 a pro. You already know how to fight. There's no need to put your body at risk. I would spend more time. Practice on skill drills. Yeah. Get your conditioning work just through maybe Shark Tank, but having to adjust it, do the weights training, the barbell complexes, things like that. You you could do and you could save your body. You know, when you're training Liam, if you don't mind getting right, sure, specific, yeah. how how do you run him through uh, maintenance training outside of camp and then in camp um, preparation for you know his his fight, you know six weeks out, eight weeks out. Yeah, that's whatever. great. Yeah. So uh, what I did was I followed uh, Alva Meals, the uh, um, general. Uh, hierarchy of athletic development and i put him through that triangle so basically he had a knee surgery right he had a meniscectomy so first thing you want to do off that triangle is uh, evaluate and treat and so what stump and panarello did they added two more components to that triangle which is mobility and neuroreducation, basically getting the muscle to fire so he had his knee done checked his knee out surgery was this date okay we need to you know, move move this forward and get the knee into extension, make sure it's straight, start bending it. Okay, now we have to get the quad firing. So once we get the quad firing, then the next level, which is the original triangle for uh, Albert Mill, is work capacity. Now, work capacity, how he defined it, is if you could do X movement with good quality, 
So, you know, so not CrossFit. Not CrossFit. <laughs> so, you know, like basically if you could do a prisoner squat, can you do well, 10 I don't, of them? I don't know what a prisoner squat is. It's just a regular air squat. If you could do an air squat 10 times, then great. So that's work capacity, but without having you lose the form. Then once you work on the work capacity, the next level is a strength. So this is where you get strong. Then you put on the barbell. You do a five-by-five five and slowly move the weight up. And for him, I ended up using more of a trap, bell, uh, trap bar and uh, sumo squats because uh, this for him, for his body type, that's what that's what he needed. And I didn't have him go all the way down. I used box squats, so I had him off the box, and we just got strong that way. And what's interesting for for him, it's like in a, in a discussion for a lot of people is you know how strong is strong, right? You know, squatting five pounds may not get you where you want. Squatting five hundred pounds may not get you want. So there's a there's a there's a like happy medium in the middle, and there's definitely the eye of the therapist, eye of the coach. Um, and I try to get to his body weight more or less. So once we got that, the next thing was you work on explosive strength. So for him. That, that, no, that's interesting because can I can I just stop sure. you there? I, I I absolutely think you know some, sometimes <coughs> we, we live in this place and you know we look at the the stars on TV whether it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger or, right. or um, you know someone you know like uh, the the Rock. Um, I don't think it goes by the Rock anymore, but the Dwayne Rock. Dwayne, yeah, Dwayne right, right. Johnson. You know we 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 get enamored with bulk, but an athlete's a performance athlete, right. and a, particularly a combat athlete, and bodybuilding, right. they're totally different, different. body types. You know, I said one of the most effective fighters I've ever seen in the octagon, and he didn't fight in the octagon too much, but but uh, he fought in MMA, was um, Fedor. And Fedor like, looked like, you know, your fat old grandfather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, your uncle. Your uncle, not right. fat, but a little chubby. And he was so fast. I mean, unbelievably fast. And with his hips were mm -hmm. so mobile. I've never seen a heavyweight with that hips that mobile. Right. Have you seen him fight? He just, his hips yeah. are lightning fast and they were people were timing it his entry into arm bars from the bottom was faster than like almost anybody ever right. his hips are so mobile and so flexible and and yet he's like a dumpy old russian dude right and and he doesn't look like arnold schwarzenegger mm -hmm. when you know in his prime but you don't need to look like that. you don't need to yeah and, and the idea is like when do you reach the point of diminishing returns right you know and 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 and, and we but we kind of fetishize strength and size mm -hmm. And and that sometimes infects fighters, but it's it's much less because as as the money's more and more and more, you see more people understanding, hey, bulk is not really what we want, and and you know max out like I want to you know uh, do you know squat of like right. you know six eighty or something like whatever crazy thing. How's that going to really help me? You know, right. like it doesn't. It doesn't help you. It actually gets in the way. It maybe. does get in the way. So right. you, you want to so for strengthening. Yeah. Uh, MMA fighters, and you want the reps to be relatively uh, low and the weight high. This way, you're almost, it's going to look like a drag car. You're just building the engine and stripping away the all the unnecessary, the right, 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 the right. excess. So, like, I, I think uh, one of the UFC fighters that won a belt a few years ago, he was, he was finding, I think, 185. He was benching 180 pounds, okay? In weightlifting circles, I mean that's really low. I, I could. Is this I, Robbie Lawler you're talking about? Uh, I I forgot the person's name, but um, is he bald? I'm pretty sure because I think it's no. No, no, no. Uh, um, yeah, so, so he he had won the belt, and I remember someone telling me that he was only benching 180 something pounds, and he was around that same weight too. Oh. What's interesting is that if you in weightlifting circles, not a lot of weight. I could I could pick out a bunch of 16 year olds that could lift that weight, but he knocked a lot of guys out. So I mean, you can ask them. What it felt like when his fist <laughs> met their face, yeah. you know, it didn't really matter. So, you know, like I said, like how strong is strong? I For lower extremity, I'd get to your body weight and a half, one and a half times your body weight. For upper extremity, if you can get to your body weight, that's that's a good number, good safe number. One person who is totally not following this advice is John Jones, mm -hmm. his personal favorite. But but John Jones, uh, you know, when he was banned, he got heavily into weight. Right, remember, yeah. He came back, and honestly, I wouldn't say he looked like crap, but – he was, he didn't look as sharp as right. he did. You, he was sluggish, stiff, stiff, yeah. stiff, stiff so stiff. And I, I don't, I'm, I, you know, correlation is not causality, but uh, he was putting out some crazy numbers, crazy numbers, right? Yeah. But I, I'm not, I'm not educated enough, and I'm not in his life to say that that is correlation is not equal causality. But okay, he was a lot bigger and he was a lot stiffer, right? And he was not as good, you right, know, right? Like I mean, he still knocked a but his fifty percent still better than our 
Three hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't need much. Yeah, yeah right. he's a genetic. But no, yeah, yeah. I mean, he came in as a string bean and was wrecking people because his technique was there. Right, and, and he, he he was always pretty strong anyway. Yeah, you know? and yeah, and, uh, and so so going back to Liam. So once obviously he he's a striker, right? He likes he's going to kick, and so we had to work on power. So once I got his numbers up, we had to work on explosive strength. So that's basically jumping. So once the jumping looked a little bit better. Then we worked on reactive strength, so that's pi metrics, basically. And the yeah. last part of that triangle is speed, which basically would depend on uh, a sprinter, more or less. That's really who it, who it would be for. But in his case, we would just be working on strength, strength endurance, reactive strength. And as we got closer to the fight, let's say, I dialed it back about 10 weeks out, and then we cut the weights wasn't that weren't as high, dropped it down, we did some circuit training and things, and... Uh, paired up some technical stand-up within a circuit, and I got him conditioned. It was, uh, I mean, it was a no, great I, opportunity. I, I mean, unfortunately, you know, he, he he was fighting some tough guys, and didn't, some fights didn't go his way. But I, I always – I never thought that the conditioning was an issue. You did a great job. Thanks. Um, that being said, you know, um, uh, skill development is very right. important. And, and it's like – for me, it's also like – it's like a time breakdown, correct? For especially for fighters, like I'm getting G ready for his his uh, title fight. G's one of my fighters, and uh, it's like we only have so many, <clears throat> particularly guys who have to work. Right. You only have so many hours in the day, and how do you make sure that we make these hours day? And, and my my approach was always, <clears throat> I feel that technical skill development is the most scalable. Right. And so that for me was always a priority. And like we do the Saturday fight team training, it's basically four hours of technical training right. and like 30 minutes of not war hard because we're not punching hard, but um, but intense sparring, right. like intense sparring, but safe. There's no there's no hard contact to the face like the, this this last Saturday. We were just tapping like like this, just flicking at the mm-hmm. face, just touching or flicking at the neck and the shoulder, mm-hmm. but really moving fast and hit, shooting takedowns, hitting takedowns, getting up, and a lot of specific training where we're not going like this is the, what Militich did, and and I respect him, I have tremendous respect for him, but it'd be like shake hands, war, mm-hmm. okay, an hour later we're done, you right. know, fifteen rounds of war, right? Uh, I like specific training more, like okay, the goal is you're having problems getting up, so. One guy drills the takedown. Now you fight to get up. The right. minute you get up, he takes you down again. And you fight to get up. Right. Where it's like specific training and skill development in areas that right. you're weak, you and know, that, which we talked about. With I was just talking to Stump about that, and he suggested the other end of that triangle. So this this hierarchy, they're just qualities of an athlete. Right. That's all it is. It's like, are you mobile enough? Are you strong enough? Are you fast enough? That's it. It has nothing to do with skill. So the other portion of that of this hierarchy would be the skill component of it. So just because you have the tank, your work capacity is there, and you're strong enough does not make you a good fighter. Right, not, right. It goes not... back to the Ferrari. You have the Ferrari, and you put someone who doesn't know, know where to, drive. to stick yeah. the, the, car, the key in. <laughs> it makes no, it makes <laughs> makes no difference. The, yeah, yeah, so right. that's, the skill component is definitely uh, it, it's, it's important. It just so happens that you can gain the skill and perform X skill better if you have these things underneath you. Of course. You yeah. know, If you have two guys who have the same skill level, the stronger athlete is always going to have the edge, edge a little bit. That statement I find problematic. No, you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know, and it's like all things being equal, the stronger athlete wins, mm-hmm. right? That's the, basically the same. If that were actually true, mm-hmm. I would agree with you. But the thing that I say is things are never equal. There's no all. There's never that situation. That well, that's what. Well, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. But if you were to actually put like skill to skill, like if if those skills will cancel each other, if you could possibly put in a vacuum and measure it, the yeah, of person, course. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like right now, I feel it's a, a bit of a canard, and that's what everybody says. And I, I obviously agree with you. <laughs> now, I obviously agree with you because obviously, if if we're a skill to a skill, stronger athlete, weaker athlete. Of course, that would happen. But it never works that way. Because even with A skill, there's he does A this way and you do A this way. Mm-hmm. There's always that, particularly I'm speaking more jujitsu and even striking too, but there's always that little tweak and that strategy and that setup and the ba 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 ba. I can't think of it in, in, that, in that vacuum. Right. Because, so it's like I've never seen A skill to A skill ever equal mm-hmm. in my fight, fighting career. 
and in my like okay your wrestling is great his wrestling is great okay the strong no it doesn't work like that okay you have a single really good single he's got a great single defense um uh so you switch to your high c and he has a terrible high c defense just because he does right and you like you always there's always like some like i'll give you an example of my personal experience okay. and and this goes back to the fights over the weekend you know i, I want to talk about the fights but I was I was training. This was not a fight of mine, mm-hmm. but it was a training in an academy, and I was training against uh, day to day a person who's unfortunately since left the martial art world. But he was very very good, much younger than me, much stronger than me, much stronger. And um, but I was I was better at jujitsu than he was. I, I really felt. Okay. So I'm like I should be beating this guy, and in any other position. Um. Um, I would destroy him. Not destroy him, but I would do very well. I would do very well. Mm-hmm. This one position that I had, that I, because I was, I was technically ignorant of this position. I had no idea. It was a, just a gaping black hole of knowledge mm-hmm. because it was created after, after, at a certain point, and I had not access to that information, right? right? And I was playing this certain game, and he knew the counter. And he would tap me there every single time, and I just didn't know what was going on, even though I felt technically I was better in every other position I could dest- not destroy him, but I could do very, very well. In that one position, I would lose 100% of the time. And, and strength had nothing to do with it right. in, in any other positions, right? He was younger. He was you know, uh, almost 15 years younger than me. Wolverine, basically, because he was, you know, mm-hmm. he's like seventeen years old, right? He's, you know, they just heal, and he's, you know, you know, these kids, they just, they, they, oh, I broke my arm, tomorrow I'm fine, you right. know, like <laughs> they're kids, you know, they're rubber bands, and he was also strong, and and training, you know, every single day, and when we would spar, as long as we didn't go to that position, right, I was, I was, I was dominant, but, and the minute we yeah. went to that position, I was dead, and right. it would just drive me nuts, which it shouldn't, but, but you know it. And, and, and the minute I figured out the counter, it was like that. It was like, oh, knowledge. And, and so not saying I disagree right, with right. you, but, 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 but the strength but this, had no – This is what I would say. Yeah. I would say in that aspect, every position, let's just say 0 out of 10, 10 being black belt. Right. right. I don't think – you could tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think every black belt – is a 10 out of 10 in every position. You're right. Absolutely right. right? 100% so, correct. So then, that being said, correct. your skill level in that position was not as efficient. Right, it might right. might have been zero, more or less. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was so like then, two. Right, yeah. So then I could say your skills weren't the same, so then... Right, right. and that's what I'm saying. I'm right. saying that was the defining factor, right. not his strength, because in every other right, position, well, yeah. he was... The, but I had more knowledge, right. and and also I had I could I could weave around his I could weave around his strength very mm-hmm. easily, particularly in jujitsu, you know. Um, so it wasn't like, and then and then when I fixed the hole mm-hmm. and came up tactically, it stopped. I never got tapped there again. Mm-hmm. I would say never. That's not true. But but very rarely, right, you know. Right. And 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 I didn't feel that, um, you know. So it was a really interesting thing because. Um, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I I don't know I don't know you know yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. you know I'm not saying you're wrong because no, obviously, no, for sure. obviously objectively <laughs> you're right you know but it's this weird thing it's like I don't ever think I have that in recording Renee says I'm right <laughs> no you are you are obviously okay look a a technique a technique all things being equal the stronger athlete in the matrix um, in the, in the matrix world, I mean it's obvious know? it's logical yeah. right yeah. but but the I mean, real if you, world if you doesn't work the, like that if you fought the Hulk okay right like he's the Hulk Hicks him by armbar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, you know, Hickson is in the Hulk movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he smacks the Hulk out of him. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's teaching him a diaphragmatic. No, in the, in the Hulk movie, the yeah, one with the Ed Old Norton. One? Oh. The, the Ed Norton one but where he's in Brazil. He's yeah. teaching him, he's, like, diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's fun. pretty, yeah. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, he's, and his son, Hickson's son does that, too. That's pretty cool. The breathing is. Mariko is actually probably, that's from gymnastics and natural. Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean it's from yoga, but the, he brought that into gymnastics uh-huh. and natural. It's it, it's this for the listeners. It's um this uh, uh this kind of pranayama yogic uh, breathing from the 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 uh, heritage the, the martial heritage of India. But um, Master Alvaro brought that into gymnastics and natural as a, as a way to massage your stomach to keep your breathing going to relax your body and to kind of meditate and Hickson right. does it all the time if you google Hickson breathing you can see it right away I do want to you <laughs> I'm google. not googling that yeah it's, it's, it's pretty crazy no google like, it's pretty crazy go all the way over there <laughs> I'm lazy alright anyway I recommend you guys guys check it out okay I have a question yes um, 
to, to not interrupt everything. Um, but uh, I've never been to a physical therapist, uh, luckily. Thankfully, I've never really been injured really hard, right. except for the time when Renee choked me. Um, and where, how's your arm, by the way? My arm's perfect. Oh, from the You from did last it very week? well, yeah. Um, but my wife recently has gone to um, okay. physical therapy for, for back stuff. She's not an athlete. Um, but she did. She was an athlete in high school and things. Um, but when she told me what they did, mm-hmm. I was like, and that cost us how much? Mm-hmm. Is there any, like, techniques or anything that, that physical therapists do, maybe not in the athlete world, but that is just, like, outdated, that needs to just go away? Like, te- oh, I can't techniques need to, to evolve. Yeah, right? I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure. You know, I mean, I don't know what experience she had or what this what, what, what she, she did. She basically said they put, like, a electrodes on right. her, and oh. then that was it. Right, right. Oh, that's not good. That's not real rehab, <laughs> you know? Uh, a lot of places do do that they just kind of run to the mill just put slap on ice heat walk away yeah. or just you know rub person down and keep moving but that's not how it should be done mm-hmm. you know you do the ice like ice heat massage foam rolling injections uh epidurals all those things are to manage pain or to manage range of motion issues at the end of the day you have to to get strong you know so all those things it's like the first response of an injury let's say you know um your renee choked you out you got a sprained neck maybe the stem and ice was appropriate the first few days and after a point it's not appropriate mm-hmm. you know you have to you have to get it moving so that that's that's what i'd recommend it's a bad experience for your wife sorry to hear that but yeah, yeah it, it, it was just really surprising um we have a couple other people in here the a couple of physical therapists come in here and i'm just listening to them tell their stories about what they do and like how uh-huh. they go through the the process, and I was like, I asked him after, I was like, my wife recently had physical therapy, and they, Renee has shown me some weird YouTube stuff about a guy messing with his stomach. <laughs> that is some weird fetish right there, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. takes him crazy. It takes him crazy with his <laughs> And that makes it okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes it okay. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I, I tried this at a, at a little level. Um, it, it, uh, it definitely, like, pumps your blood. That's like it has some effect there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that, I don't like. Are you breathing, or are you just yeah, flexing and, your muscles? No, he's breathing and moving his stomach around. So, um, and he's massaging his organs. And part of what he says is that it makes him his digestion better. Oh uh, yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you the little that I did. It was really hard, but uh, I felt I mean, it could have been psychosomatic, but I felt a little energized. And mm. I am not the person to believe in you know hocus pocus cheese. For sure, I'm the first you, person to. You're not a chi master. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. You know, actually, can I say, you know, talk about a, 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 a interesting because you know some people believe in the chi, but but Mr. Dr. Sundaraj is when he palpitates and massages. I mean, it's it's weird. It's almost like magic. How it is magic. He, I'm a wizard. <laughs> you're a wizard. Yeah. Go, we should call you Gandalf. Maybe. Yeah. He's giving out Vader. No, but uh, but he's he's really amazing in mm. how you know a session with uh, Dr. Steve could be f- half an hour and. Suddenly, the pain is fifty percent, seventy five percent gone. You know, yeah. it's, it's, he's a really amazing guy. Thank you, appreciate it. No, no. You, you mentioned something earlier that um, not being a professional athlete or even amateur on any level, that was a little surprising to me. That that are you are you in constant pain? Are you just kind of like numb, like dumb it down? <laughs> well, you know, like, well, well, there's this certain thing. You know, I, I don't think you need to know my my history. I did have an uh, yeah, right. accident, and so it's always bothered me. Yeah, but are like most athletes just walking yeah, around at yeah. a five? Yeah, yeah, Maybe. for sure. Yeah, no, um, for sure. Um, I would say most most have uh, – uh, it's like background noise that right. just never goes away. I have this thing that doesn't – I don't think it has to do with my car accident, but I, I, I was teaching a private years ago to this just crazy person. You know, I should, you know, sometimes you just do right. private lessons. What's their name? No, you know, I don't even remember the guy's name. He was he was he wasn't American and he'd visit and he was just like crazy. John Claude Van Damme. Right. And okay. <laughs> I know, right, right? And and I'm like teaching him a move and I'm like tapping and he's not letting him go. So I had to actually like in the drill, just teach him to move, I had to actually like fight my way out of it. Like he was kinda nuts. And martial arts sometimes gets nuts nuts people. But mm-hmm. but you know, I was teaching the move and I'm like, it's like this, like this, just when I tap, let me go. And 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 he tore something in my like behind my scapula, and that was like 2008, and it's one of the reasons I stopped like driving because sitting driving for like 20 minutes just would like wreck me. And um, sitting up in a chair, if I didn't have good posture all the time, I I would just it would be awful. But the pain just never never went away for years until I met this guy. 
And uh, and he's like, oh, bonk, 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 bonk. <laughs> and he just gave me some things to do with my arm. That's and it's great. still there. Yeah. It's still there. It's still there. It didn't go away completely. But for, before it was, it was the background noise of three. And now it's a 0. 0.4. Wow. You know, like I, I, it's not gone, but it doesn't bother me Unless the same you way. Think it is. About it, you but it, but I had it since two thousand eight, and and it was really it was something, it would just always bother me every single moment of the day, sleeping, walking, teaching, training, just never stop, and that was one that had nothing to do with the car. It's just just general abuse of your body, and accidents. You know, um, uh, they're 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 just certain. You're in a combat sport, you so watch who you let, who you train with. Absolutely, we were talking about the, we're right. MMA networks. You have to be careful who you train with, and if you train with a bunch of meatheads. You you will you'll your body will pay for it. Uh, I I uh, I really 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 restrict um, who can be on our fight team and who comes in our dojo. I've asked a lot number of people leave because they just don't they don't abide by the rules of the academy and the safety protocols and they do things that are unsafe. And I'm like, dude, you got to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, or or you know I just I I I have to talk with them and say, look, this is this is not cool and. Um, Unfortunately, my, my wife got um, kind of seriously injured with her ankle, uh, and um, you know, hopefully you can you can take oh, care of that. Sure, but, yeah. but you know, it, it's it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate when you're dealing with people who um, uh, sometimes they're really good guys, but they maybe not as as coordinated, or they're just jerks or whatever. You have to really watch who you train with sometimes. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, we're running out of time. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you really want to get out about the fights? Yeah, you, no, you know, this is this thing. Okay, so so uh, the Poirier um, um, Gaethje fight. This was this was fan service from the UFC because you know whenever they have like a free show on on Fox, they you, you it's like rare to see a grappling grappler grappler match because yeah. you know most most people don't find grappling as entertaining unless they're really deep into the sport. Mm-hmm. It's channel. Well, five, you know, prime time, whatever. So it was it, the the sure dog columnist called it an old school slobber knocker, <laughs> and I thought that was I a love perfect that word. Yeah, a slobber knocker, and and it really was. It was just four rounds of constant just smash. Yeah. You know, talk about going to war. Right. Those guys went to war, and Poirier is legitimately just a slicker fighter. And now everybody's saying, well, Pari's going to fight Khabib, and Khabib didn't do, you know, he didn't have a, a dominant performance. Uh, in his last fight, obviously Ali Quinta. I mean, I guess he did have a dominant performance, but but you know, uh, Rogan was a little uh, critical, saying he should have he should have stopped him. I believe that this is really important. Is it just because fighter A can beat fighter B doesn't and and fighter B can beat fighter C doesn't mean fighter A can beat fighter C. It doesn't work like that. And we were talking about before, right. like styles make fights. There's no all things being equal, and. Uh, I, I, people are looking like Poirier. Oh, he'll be a nightmare for Khabib. It's you know Khabib's striking, his head movement is good. It is not going to play out like that because if you see Poirier's stance, it was a stance in response to another striker, and his he, he, the look that Gaethje gave him allowed him to access uh, uh, the technique that he's comfortable with. Khabib will not give him that look, so he'll have to take a different decision tree. And and it'll the fight will go completely differently and 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 just you know, and I'm telling you, I don't think Poirier has a, you know, uh, even you know a twenty percent chance of beating Habib. And I really I really wow. believe that. No, nah, okay, maybe that's a little unfair. He you know, but Jeez, but, but, nice. but 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 nice. but 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 I I just don't think you know the people because I don't know if you see it all over that Poirier should go for the title. Blah, 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 blah. I, I don't think it's the same quality athlete. Now, definitely, he had a great knockout. Uh, I mean, old school, old one-two, bam! You know, just hit him. He was in a southpaw stance and just threw the most perfect cross with his his left, and bam! He just and then he came in with a flurry afterwards. It was great, but that is not going to happen because Gaethje didn't try. I don't think he tried one takedown the whole fight. Neither do I. Don't think Pari did, if, if I recall, and maybe it was like some little bit of grappling. But it's like we just agreed to do Muay Thai. You know, they just agreed to stand and do striking, and that is that is a different fight than you're going to get when you fight Khabib or something like that. You know, it's not you're you're preparing for a striker and you're a striker, so you're going to look good. Mm-hmm. Of course, Khabib is going to be a totally different look, and his clinch. Is nightmarish for a lot of fighters, and um, I, I don't think Poirier can can deal with that. Um, that being said, you know a lot of people are super critical of Khabib and saying, "Oh, they could beat him." 
you know, I really believe for, that he kind of coasted Al a couple rounds just for practice. You know, this like I would say, this, did you ever see Batman Begins? Oh, yeah. Where, where in the very beginning, he's in the prison, and he's like, this is not a fight. It's practice. I think Khabib was like, let me practice my striking. You know, let me let, yeah. me, let me let me work this. You know, okay, he's he's defending the takedown. Let me see. And I mean, why would he have to do anything else when all he was doing was jabbing all day and really succeeding with jab? Why does he have to do anything else? He's just cracking Ali Quinta in the face mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So why why would he do anything else? Um, and he was just practicing. He, he was like, okay, this is working. So whatever. I think it's very hypocritical, and I think there's a lot of animosity towards Khabib because. Maybe because he's the first Muslim UFC champion. Who knows? I don't know. But, you know, George St. Pierre did the same thing against Josh Koscheck and Jake Shields. Won the fight with the jab. And everybody said, brilliant performance. Like, what's the difference? You know, like, he did the same thing. He just pop, pop, pop and hit the jab. You know, like, uh, well, you know, and I respect Joe Rogan. You know, there's sometimes a little lack of consistency between you know, the commentary, but he's a great guy. Don't I don't want to talk about Joe it. No, no, yeah, that is not true. I respect we're him. The beef. And I, and I, res- I respect him as a as a very good Come martial on, artist we wanna, as well. We want to start a beef so you can put he, us on the show. He has a great spinning back kick. I mean, unbelievable. He does. And, I saw and, it today. And, and, yeah. and great and great jujitsu too. You know, I just watched um, that video today. That's crazy. Anyway, so it was a. Uh, uh, that's my take on that. Styles make fights. And just because, you know, Poirier had this amazing performance against Gaethje does not mean that he's in the same class to, to challenge Habib. And there's few people up there who, who deserve that spot more. And, and it goes, you know, it goes back to our older arguments <clears throat> is, it, you know, all things being equal. All things are never <laughs> equal, you know, and that's yeah. that's my take on that. But anyway, it's, it's a discussion for another time. Another you know? time. Another time. But it was interesting. And thank you so much for making time. Thanks for, for having me. Appreciate no, it. No, and uh, if you got if you have an injury and you're in New York, look up recalibrate uh, um, physical, therapy. physical therapy. Right. Um, do you want to give out your website? Oh, sure. It's uh, recalibrate pt.com. Um, Facebook, Twitter is recalibrate pt, and Instagram recalibrate underscore pt. Great. Do you want an email out there in case people want to directly email you, or is it that a great way That's to That's good enough. Okay, great. Awesome. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the opportunity. Great wisdom awesome. and uh, fantastic. Awesome. Thank great. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, the uh, Conor McGregor watch, he's not in jail yet. Our last bet. Oh, he's right, not in jail. right. He's Just not want to give jail. an update to everybody that's, that's well, listening. Well, he's out on bail, though. He's not in jail, right? Because he's not on bail. That's yeah. not how the, the it works. He has to go for a court date. I'm just telling you, he's not in yet. Every yeah. week, I'm going to come back and let you okay, know. Okay, yeah. So if people don't know, we have a we had three, two bets so far, and I won both. Uh, and then we have a third one and see if, you know, Matt, you know, I'd kind of throw him a bone to give him an easy your, bet. Your best friend, Joe Rogan, <laughs> thinks he'll go, he'll have jail time. You know, you know what? This is, I hope he does. Because you want to hit me No, 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 no. I, no seriously, because he did a terrible thing. Right. And he should be taken account. But I think he shouldn't fight again. He should be banned from the UFC for life. But they will never do that. Because what they're going to do is have like UFC St. Petersburg as soon as they can, and have Khabib bite, fight Conor McGregor because it'll be like the biggest fight of the century. And that really turns my stomach because the UFC before with the previous owners were not pushing, for better or for worse, were not pushing individual fighters. They were not pushing the antics. They were pushing the experience of MMA. And you'd have like, you know, you had some stars, but they, there was only so much they would push Randy Couture or, or even George St. Pierre. They would push the experience. Now, you know, the new owners are deeply in debt. Uh, because they're hedge fund right. owners, and and they have to recoup a lot of their their. It's not their company anymore, right? Yeah. And and um and so the the idea is Conor McGregor's kind of taking advantage of that. He he's he is a a, a package that that brings money, mm-hmm. and so they're like, you know, thinking with their 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 wallets, and and they've allowed him to overshadow the UFC brand. As, a, as an individual fighter. And that has been the downfall of a lot of MMA organizations. And it's also, even if, like like um, Elite XC tried to push up Kimbo Slice and, and, um, and the female fighter um, Gina Carano, and that, that didn't work out. There's so many that pushed individual, um, uh, like, and even Japan pushed Sakuraba a lot. And when he was not doing well, it kind of, probably kind of went down for yeah. a lot of reasons, not just that. But, you know, pushing individual fighters is not good for the sport. I mean, to some extent, obviously, you want to push them. And you should pay them fairly, too. And that's a different issue. But yeah. but the sport, NBA is bigger than LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And it will always be. Well, and and I mean, come on. 
<laughs> no, but the NBA, <laughs> but but you know, like you you like the you're from this town and you like your 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 team or whatever. The NBA will be here twenty years from now. It'll be thirty years from now. If LeBron James goes to jail, people will still watch the the, the NBA. Right, and and. That's I think the the goal for the UFC is to make it this this sport that is bigger than any yeah. one fighter, and it's it's losing that, and that is also a recipe for corruption, right? And um and and, and antics that we've and antics, seen and so, antics, right? Well, antics. I, I don't think uh, I don't think Conor McGregor will be in jail, and I also hope he never fights in the UFC again. And yeah. if he does, the UFC has gone on a downward swing, right? And right. they have been for a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We'll wrap it up here. I know we could go on for another couple hours, but uh, we do have lives to go back to. Um, Thanks again for listening. Subscribe, uh, rate, review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and some other places. Um, We'll see you next week. Yes, yes, please. You know, I got a couple of personal emails of people who really like the show, but I would say that definitely sending me an email is really nice that you like the show, but please rate us because it really helps. And. you know, we'll think about like giveaways or something. If we'll pick somebody from our ratings list and give them something. Oh, that's a great idea. You know? yeah, 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 like a T-shirt or something like that. Yeah, yeah. or or visit onto the podcast. Yeah, you could call in or visit. All and all expense paid trip. The from... other thing I did this last <laughs> Just week. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, Bye, I did Renee. this last week, but uh, but uh, my friend uh, Sam Yang has an amazing podcast. He just oh, yes, started. Please. Must try him podcast. It's um. Really inspirational. It's the melding of martial arts and and philosophy, and he talks about the the two disciplines, Western philosophy. He brings a lot of philosophical elements in, and 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 martial arts and the martial journey. Absolutely amazing podcast, guys. Check it out. Must mm-hmm. triumph podcast. Let's have him call in sometime. Yeah, yeah. Great. Must triumph. Check it out. See you next time. Bye.